before I start my sermon today, I would like to draw our attention to all the students and the children that are taking sermon notes. How many of you have, have your sermon notes here with you? We have a few hands. We have some sermon binders for all the students and the children, high school and younger. The ones who can write, um, they have their sermon notes and the sermon binders for you to take notes and draw pictures and write something about sermon. Um, I know we started this earlier this year, February or March, but if you, um, the thing was that if you keep, if you write 10 sermon notes, then we'll give you a reward. We haven't given any rewards, so next week I'll be giving out rewards to those who have collected sermon notes. To, so keep that in mind next week, we'll give them out. So if you have not taken any sermon notes yet, you may want to go grab your sermon binder and start taking notes. We'll do that next week. <clears throat> do you like sheep? Yeah. <laughs> They're cute sometimes. They are not so cute sometimes. But we'll talk about sheep today. And the most famous, well-known psalm in the whole Bible, Psalm 23. Um, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me, in the presence of mine enemies, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Somehow it feels better if I read this in King James Version, even though it's like really old English. <laughs> so I memorized this in um, King James, and um, I was looking at my note because I didn't want to make a mistake. <laughs> But I do have it memorized. And I'm, I'm sure many of you have memorized this as well. It's a beautiful psalm. I'm sure you've heard many sermons on this. Um, but I'd like to share my version of this sermon as well. And um, I want to share this book that I recently bought from Philip Keller. Um, it's titled, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. He's, a, he's not a pastor. He's a, a shepherd. He was. He um, spent many years in agricultural research, land management, uh, ranch development in British Columbia. He was born in Africa. He's a shepherd. He's a wildlife photographer. He's also a journalist. And he wrote many books, but he wrote one book from a shepherd's perspective. This is a fascinating book, and I will be sharing some of that material from his book as well. So the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. And when do you think David wrote this? We, we all know David wrote this. When do you think he wrote it? Was that when he was a shepherd boy? Was it when he killed Goliath? Or was it when he was chased, being chased by Saul uh, and he was about to die? Or was it when, when he was a king and he was doing really well? Or was it at the end of his life when he was... Um, betrayed by his own son, Absalom? 
or was it just before he died? When, when was it? We don't know for sure. But seeing all the experiences that, that the Bible talks about, and most likely he's a very experienced man. He talks about how he's full. He talks about how he's resting, how he's t- sitting down and, and waiting for God. He talks about many other things. It sounds like he's a very experienced person, probably well advanced in his age. He wasn't 20 when he wrote this. It sounds like. But we don't know for sure. But knowing his experience, we can tell a lot of things. We will study a lot from, from this, maybe this week and next week as well. When you go to like a petting zoo, I, I don't think anybody owns sheep here. Does anybody own sheep or have owned before? No? I know you've, you've had other pets like dogs and cats and birds and fish and other things, but sheep, not so much. Um, never owned sheep myself either. I don't, I don't know. So it's a little difficult for us to understand when the Bible says about the experience of sheep and shepherd. So we'll study into that, seeing from the shepherd's glasses or his, his perspective. So when the Bible says the Lord is my shepherd, so David is comparing, this, giving this, this example of him being a sheep and God being the shepherd, Jesus being the shepherd. And in fact, he was the shepherd himself. So what does he mean by that? Did you know? Okay, so how do you know sheep and shepherd? How do they know the relationship, the owner relationship? Do your dogs know that you are the owner? Yeah, definitely. Do your cats know you are the owner? Uh, not so much. <laughs> they know what food is, <laughs> but they don't really know who the owners are. <laughs> dogs for sure do. <clears throat> do you think sheep know their owners? Yeah, definitely. Because they can distinguish and recognize the voice. That's what I was told. But how do shepherds know their own sheep? They probably know. To me, they all look alike. But to them, they must look different. But for other people, like let's say the next door shepherd, how do they know? Let's say if you find the sheep on the street somewhere, on the, on the field, on the mountain somewhere, how do you know which sheep this belongs to? I'll show you some pictures. There's something called earmark. It's like a dog color. It tells you who the owners are. So if you look at the picture, this is not really, uh, I'll show you many different pictures. But you see the picture, and on one ear, you see there is a little mark, right? On, on that ear, the left ear of that animal, you see a little mark there? Guess what that is? It's called ear marking. Well, people nowadays use that to tell the names and the owners and what different things. Sometimes you see a little tag, like with the numbers on. But then sometimes they lose a tag and so on. So they rather use this kind of method. In the Bible times, they didn't have tags. They just used this. So these are different ways of saying different things. Each shepherd or the owner of the sheep have a very distinct ways of 
marking their own sheep. So they will pinch one side, one shape, one shape, and it will be on the side or in the bottom. On different shape of sheep will tell them, oh, the owner of this sheep is so-and-so, so-and-so. That's what it is. So you see this sheep has one side of the ear cut off, a little different shape than the other sheep, right? You see this one has, looks like Swiss cheese, right? There's <laughs> a little piece, pieces missing on its ear, but that, that's exactly what it is. And this sheep has three little marks on the side. That, that's what tells, that those are the ear markings. And this one has one on top, one on the bottom, like half circle shape. Um, this one also has a little bit cut off on the bottom. And this sheep has from the side, like a deep marking from the side on one ear. Oh, it's cute. <laughs> but you see the marking on, on ears. So what they do is these indicate who the owners are of these sheep. So when shepherds find one sheep, either one sheep or many, they all have the, similar, the same marking on their side. So you can tell, oh, this is from Mr. So-and-so. This is from so-and-so's sheep. They, can, they know exactly who they belong to. And it's not just for them to find it. Okay, in the name tag, you have to go and read the name tag. But did you realize that the ear markings, you can even tell from a long distance. Oh, that sheep is mine. Or that sheep is my neighbor's. Or that sheep is from the person from next town. You can tell because you can tell the shape of, of the ear marking from a distance as well. Did you know that there is an exciting parallel in the Bible with this. Uh, Exodus 21, 5 and 6 says, But if the servant declares, I love my master and my wife and my children, and do not want to go free, then his master must take him before the judges. He shall take him to the door or the doorpost and pierce his ear with an owl. Then he will be his servant for life. Basically, if you, in the Bible times, if you buy a slave, uh, a, a servant, a male or a female, then they get to keep him for six years. After six years, they are supposed to be sent home free. But let's say if they get married in the middle and they have children along the way and whatnot, and the, and the servant says, you know what, I don't want to go free. I love my master, I want to live here forever. Then he's supposed to take him to the judges and say, okay, he would stay with you forever. He'll be yours forever. That's what the servant chooses, not the owner. And he chooses him, and then they will take him, and they will pierce his ear, and he will be his forever. So piercing ears is the same thing here. Now, <clears throat> so the servant becomes a lifetime member of that household, willingly. Does that ring a bell? Do you want to be a lifetime member of Jesus, his household forever? It's something that we choose. It's not something that the owner chooses or the master chooses. It's the servant that chooses. Whether you want to go free and be your own, on your own or you want to go stay with the master forever. Is that your desire, friends? 
Do you want to be with Jesus and his household forever? Then you can choose to do so, and God is going to give you a mark. Now, do you bear the mark of Jesus on your body? What is that mark? What does the Bible say that mark is? It says, <clears throat> Matthew 20, 16, Matthew 16, 24. It says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Take up what and follow me? Take up my cross. So the cross that we have in us, that is the mark that we have. Do you have the cross, the mark of cross in your heart, in your body somewhere that others may be able to tell from a distance, oh, that person belongs to Christ. Can they see you that way? Can other people tell, like, doesn't have to come close to you and read, oh, I am a Christian. I belong to Jesus. Somebody can, from a, from a far distance, can say, oh, that person smells good. That person, I can't even feel the scent. Good Christian scent. Sweet-smelling savor. I can tell the person is a Christian. Can other people tell? Do we bear the mark of Christ in us? If any sheep belong to, to that shepherd, they all had the earmark. It may be painful at the, be at the beginning, but they all had the same mark. I'm sure David had the same thing. He, he gave earmarks to all of his sheep or his father's sheep. So he knows exactly what it means by that. And I never knew this, but Philip Keller said that when he was, his, when he was a shepherd, he had like a few hundred sheep. He had to go through the same thing. That's, that's the process that they go through. And it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The relationship between sheep and the shepherd. The relationship between the dog owner and the dog. What, what's that relationship like? Uh, dogs are, what, 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 what titles do they have? Men's best friend, right? <laughs> so, they love to hang out with their master, and they, after they come home, they take them for a walk, they go to park together, they do a lot of things together, right? Yeah, that's good. Uh, sometimes they sleep together in the same room, in the same bed. It's good. A lot of pets do that. But how about sheep and shepherd? Now, <clears throat> sheep and shepherd, they go through a lot together. They go through life and death together. Did you know that? Dog and master, not so much of life and death together. They spend a good time together. They play together. They throw toys and they, yeah, they, they do that. But sheep and shepherd, the reason why they go through a lot is that, first of all, in Israel, I'm talking about in Israel, sheep are not welcome in town. Sheep are not welcomed in the farms either. Why? What do they eat? They eat grass. They eat plants. They eat pretty much anything green. Now, Israel does not have a lot of rainwater or a lot of water. Their, their land has some place where it's really green and lush, but there are a lot of places there it's barren and desert and rocky and sandy and a lot of rocks. 
So if you're a farmer, you want to grow vegetables, fruits, grains, would you like sheep coming around and eating up your vegetables? No. In my house, near my house here in, in San Diego, you have a lot of rabbits running around, like bunnies running around. I'm glad I don't have a vegetable garden. If I do, I would be hating those bunnies running around. <laughs> you need to protect it like with fence and everything. If sheep are around, farmers will not be happy. And Israel does not have a lot of those places where they can grow vegetables. So sheep are not welcome in those places. So that means sheep are where? In the place where nobody wants. They will try to cultivate the land and plant vegetables and grains in the place where they can cultivate. The places where they cannot cultivate, they'll plant trees, like olive trees and like pomegranate trees, so they will grow. You can't really take care of them as much, but they will take care of themselves. Now, the places where they cannot plant grains, fruits, vegetables, and trees, those are the places where the sheep are left to feed. So the places in Israel, sheep are in a place where there is very remote, very lonely, deserty, rocky, nobody's there. So imagine sheep and shepherd. When, when you think about sheep and shepherd, you talk about like green pasture where it's all green and it's like super white like a ranch, right? That's what we're imagining. In Israel, no. It's like all rocks, desert, grass. You find grass very scarcely here and there, here, like it's not easy to find a lot of grass. So sheep are not welcome. So that means sheep and shepherd, when they spend time together, they are spending 24-7. Like you, you hear about stories of shepherds sleeping outside in the field. And that's when Jesus was born and when the angels came to them, right? So they are out in the field alone by themselves. That's what's going on. And now, if there are sheep, who would like to come and eat them? Coyotes, dogs, bears, and lions. David talks about how he killed a lion and bear when he was taking care of his sheep, right? So yeah, there are those animals, there are predators that like to come and eat them. So now when people go through like some crazy experiences together, there is a bonding experience. A few weeks ago, we went to Haiti. <laughs> I know some people here went to Haiti with me, especially Jeremy over here. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm picking on you, but um, <clears throat> Jeremy and I were sitting there in that room, I don't know, maybe day five, day six? Well, uh, many days after we were there. And everyone was like comfortable. We came back from the whole day of serving, and we, were just, we just had dinner. Maybe you we were waiting for dinner. I'm not, we probably had dinner. And, and, evening, we were just waiting, sitting down, talking, chilling, and whatnot. And he was talking to me next to me, and then some people, I heard a whole bunch of people coming in, calling Jeremy's name. Hey, Jeremy! And there were a whole bunch of people with their cell phones up. They were all coming in. And I didn't realize what that was, and the next moment, I realized they were coming in with something in a, in a, like a transparent container jar, container box. And I looked around, <laughs> Jeremy was already gone. <laughs> he was gone. <laughs> he, he, ran, he jumped up, he ran into the room, and he locked himself inside. And they were all coming in. 
they found the biggest tarantula that I've ever seen in my life. It was like about this big. I think um, Jennifer took videos of that. It was this big in a, in a box, actually, in a box first. Like, Jeremy! <laughs> they wanted to show it to Jeremy, knowing that Jeremy hated tarantulas. And they came in, and it was in a box. They, was, they were going to have him open up and get scared, but they, that didn't work. He, he already ran <laughs> inside. <laughs> so they, <coughs> they moved it into a, a, a cookie box where it's all transparent, like a small box. While they were trying to move it in, it got, it got loose <laughs> on a kitchen countertop. <laughs> <coughs> Me. So there was a whole drama of like them screaming and yelling, and somehow they were able to capture it back inside the container, and they were going to hide it for Jeremy to come and, and step on it or, or see something. But that went on for like 20 minutes, and he wouldn't come out. <laughs> but uh, we all had like a fun story. But just like that experience, if you go through something fun or something really hard or something like a terrible, like difficult experience, that brings people together, like really close together. And you have a story to tell. Just like that, sheep and shepherd, they go through a lot. They go through a lot. And David, when he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He has all these stories in mind. Like I'm sure he can share all the stories about like the lion, the bear, and the, the things that they went through. And I was thinking, if, she, if only sheep can talk, if only they can talk, the things that you would hear from them, the things that can share with you, would be amazing. Too bad that they can't talk. But you can, can you imagine the relationship, the bond, the trust that they have between the sheep and the shepherd? That's what's going on here. <coughs> when the Bible says, I shall not want... That's the state of complete satisfaction. Not deficient, being utterly content. If you think about David, was his life utterly content all the way? When he was a shepherd boy, he was fine, except that his brother really didn't take care of him. Like, he was an outcast. Like, nobody really liked him. Everybody was invited to the party except him, Right? His life wasn't fun. And when he killed Goliath, his fame was at his, like, at its max. Like, everybody loved David. But because of that, King Saul hated him and wanted to kill him. And he had to run for his life. He, he was anointed, but then he had to run for his life every single day. He was out in the desert the whole time. And he got betrayed by his own son, and his sons got killed. His life was miserable a lot of times. But he still said, I shall not want. I don't want anything. I, I have everything I need. So it's not about physical condition of, of material things that he, he's talking about. It's about the contentment from his heart that he's saying. Are you content, friends? Do you have everything that you need? Are you completely satisfied? Are you happy in your life? If you can think about what David is going through, you may be thinking the same thing. Well, the life is hard. It's difficult. It, there are a lot going on. Problem here, 
trouble there, stress over there all the time. But David is saying, I shall not want. Not that he has nothing to worry about. His son is about to come and kill him. His son is about to take over his throne. The king of this country is after his life. If he gets caught, he'll be dead. And he, went, he could have killed King Saul many times. He didn't. Still, his father-in-law is coming after his own life. He was a man living that kind of life, tiptoeing all the time. And he still says, I have everything I need. God takes care of me. Verse 2 says, He maketh me lie down in green pastures. This green pastures is not really green, lush green that we, we just talked about. It's, it's more so of like a little, of a, a little bit of green over here and over there. We just talked about why. But there are four conditions that need to meet for sheep to lie down. Otherwise, sheep will not lie down, according to this book that I read. It says, they need to be completely, be completely be free of fear, be free of tension, free of aggravation, free of hunger for them to say, oh, I can sit down and relax now. Let's talk about those four things. Free of fear. Do they get scared? Do sheep get scared easily? Yeah. Slightest movement, any sound, any suspicion of fear of dogs or coyotes, anything, they will be scared. They cannot. So they have to stand up. They, have, they, they are ready to run for their lives. So if there's any kind of suspicion that they, there is a danger outside, they cannot sit down. So for them to sit down, it has to be completely free. They have to be completely free of fear. Number two, um, tension. Um, did you hear about the uh, phrase like a uh, pecking order? When you see chickens, a pecking order. Like when you see the animal kingdom, they have this uh, hierarchy, the order. Who gets to eat first? You can't come here because this is my territory, my boundary. When I'm done eating and leftover, then maybe you can come. You can't come here. And they, they, there's something called pecking order. Uh, for cow, cattle, it's like horning order. He says, for sheep, it's budding order. <laughs> so there, are, there is a hierarchy of what, who gets to do first. They have this tension going on among themselves. Now, when do they forget about all those stress and, and the, their the stupid habit of, of doing those budding order? When that happens is that when there is a presence of the owner. And when they see their master, they forget about their stupid things, and they, say they, they become happy. So if, if you leave them alone, they'll be fighting all the time. But as soon as the master is in their presence, they feel happy, they forget about all that, and they can say, oh, now I can relax. That's what happens. The, the presence of Jesus ought to give us peace. When you come to church, do you feel happy and do you feel relieved? Or you come to church and say, oh, I don't like that person. I don't know why he or she is here. Like, oh, man, this is a bad time, bad Sabbath. No, no, no. I can't, maybe I can just have worship here and then I can't eat, drink potluck because I don't want to eat with that person. Do we have that kind of thing in us? <laughs> if we do, it's possible because we're people. 
it's possible that there could be some kind of stress among, you know, relationship tension going on. But as soon as the presence of Jesus comes, this presence of the master relaxes all the sheep, and they can relax. Just like that, the presence of Jesus, presence of God, when we feel that presence of God in us, then we ought to feel free. Next thing is free of aggravation. This is another big topic, so I'll talk about it maybe next week, next time. But they have to be free of aggravation, like other things that are bothering us, like bothering them, like flies and other bugs or other things. If they they are bothered, they can't sit down and relax. If they are hungry, they can't relax. For the fact that David is saying, he maketh me lie down in green pastures, meaning that all of his four needs are met. And it's completely satisfied. And he's sitting down, he's full, he's free of stress, there's nothing bothering him, and he is free of fear. And he's like, oh, I can relax. That's what's going on. That's who we are if we are with our master. David, even though he was running for his life, he felt safe. He felt he could relax. Do you feel you can relax in God's presence? Do you feel rushed? Do you feel stressed out? Do you feel anxious? Then maybe we need to go find this master, this shepherd. Do you want this shepherd in your life? I pray that you will find this shepherd in your life that you will feel free. Time's running out, so I'll just tell this story before I finish. There was a group of people gathered for a meeting, uh, uh, like a a banquet, something. And there was a um, voice actor, a famous one. And people were saying, okay, can you please read something really nice so we can just show off your talents and just read something. Anyone else, since there were a lot of people that went to church, Christians, they said, okay, I'm going to be reading Psalm 23. With his clear and loud voice, with his perfect tone of voice, and with his perfect intonation, and you know how people are when they read? Someone who can tell stories really nice with good voice, maybe like a little deeper voice, like men's voice. He read Psalm 23 really nicely. At the end of his reading, everybody was clapping. I was like, wow, that was awesome. Best poem ever poem reading ever. And then there was a pastor, old pastor, retired pastor. Like, oh, pastor, can you please say something to everyone here? And he went up with his voice. He lost his voice. His voice was cracking, and it wasn't really nice. But he said, I'll do the same thing. I'll read Psalm 23. When he was reading, he didn't have the nicest voice. He didn't have the voice training. So his voice was cracking, and it got cut off. He was coughing in the middle. It was really not so good. But at the end of his reading, there are people with tears in their eyes. And the actor, voice actor, came to the pastor and said, Pastor, thank you so much for doing that. I'm really good at reading. I know Psalm 23. I can memorize it. I can read it really well. But it sounds like you know the shepherd of Psalm 23. Do you know the shepherd? Do you want this shepherd in your life? 
Do you, want your, do you want this shepherd in your life? Do you want peace? The God is in your hand, and may God bless you and visit you and give you that sense of belonging, sense of peace and completeness, complete satisfaction in your heart, despite what's going on in your life. Because it's not about what's going on in your life. It's about what kind of master you have in your heart. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you that you are the shepherd that David talked about in Psalm 23. We want the same shepherd in our lives. We want to belong to you. We want to have that mark in our lives. So Lord, please give us the mark of the cross so that we can show to others and others may be able to see from a distance that this person belongs to Christ. And Lord, as you make us lie down in green pastures, help us to have the sense of belonging, help us to have the sense of being free, being fed, being completely satisfied in you. Despite of what's going on in our lives, help us to find that feeling in you. And I pray that you bless every single person, especially the ones with their hands raised. Please visit their hearts, visit their lives, and give that sense of satisfaction. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Priest team, please come on up to sing the closing song. <laughs>